1: Hello, Alex, one half of Rabonas and Rhythms here. Thanks so much for downloading the show. I'm delighted to say we picked up a lot of new listeners over the summer during our World Cup specials. So I just thought I'd explain the format of the podcast. So we try and bring you fascinating football stories from around the world, concentrating on a country at a time, or speaking to a musician about their love of football, or a footballer about their love of music, anywhere that the two meet, and sometimes where they don't, and we just love the music, or we love the footballer themselves. Uh, We love suggestions from you, so do follow us on Instagram, and Facebook, and Twitter, and tweet us suggestions, we absolutely love that. Um, But we're going to do something a little bit different today. A little while ago, uh, Luke Moore from the Football Ramble, which is an incredible podcast, and Luke just lots of great other projects as well that we uh, touch on during this interview um He said it'd be great to just chat about ordinary people's music choices on a podcast. Now, I made that podcast uh, Desert Isolation Discs, we got some great guests on, including Everett True, the music critic who uh, talked about his experiences firsthand with Courtney Love and uh, Kurt Cobain. Um, We interviewed Nick Helm, the comedian, who's uh, famous for the BBC Two show Uncle and is also a musician. So do go and check that out. But we thought we'd bring that together with the Rabona's and Rhythms show while we're making our next series. Uh, So we brought Luke on for that. That I'm delighted to say. Uh, on the next series, uh, my co-presenter James is out in Senegal right now, actually uh, putting together some great material for the next series, and we've got other interesting stories that we can't wait to bring you later in the year. So I'll stop rambling now, ironically enough, and uh, bring you Luke. But before I do, here's a word from someone who Pompey Van Luke might not quite love. Hi, I'm Matt Latissier, and you're listening to Rabonas and Rhythms. Hello and welcome to Rabona's and Rhythms, the show about music and football. We've got a very special guest for you today. It's Luke Moore from the Football Ramble. Just as a little prelude to this podcast, Luke and I met uh, back at a comedy gig from his fellow Ramble co-presenter Jim Campbell Back in 2014, he gave me the nucleus of an idea to basically rip off Desert Island discs from Radio 4, but with more interesting people. Uh, At that time, I vowed over the pint to uh, get Luke into the studio and find out his musical choices. Uh, Luke, how do you feel now that I've uh, held you to it? It was actually
2: 2012, so you've misremembered the date, (laughs) but that's that's okay. Um, Yeah, and I don't know if I am as interesting, Probably not, but yeah, I'm happy happy to be here.
1: (laughs) No, it's great. So we're going to do a Rabona special uh, and meld the two podcasts, as it were, this week. Uh, So Luke, we know you from the Football Ramble. We know about your love of football, and we'll come on to that. But tell us a bit about your love of music, because we do occasionally hear from you singing on the podcast.
2: Yeah, and I think people get a bit of a... People get the wrong end of the stick about that. I think they think that I'm just singing because I think I'm a really good singer. And what it is, is that's just, it's just what I'm like. I'm always singing around and I just don't, I try and be myself in the studio. So occasionally that type of thing will bleed its way into a show. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I love music. Yeah, and part of the reason I, I said I'll come and do it is, is because you're, mm-hmm. you're a friend, but also because I like talking about music and I'm happy to do it at any, um, any opportunity. So mm. here I am. But it's, it's been a big part of my life, as I'm sure it has for many people. Ever since I can remember, really, I come from uh, a musically interested family. I uh, mm. grew up listening to records my parents liked and, 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 um, and sort of went from there. And it's always been a huge uh, part of my life. I spent a bit of time working in music, although not that long. You want to hear about that. Come on. Well, I, I, started, I did a bit of um, tour managing and a bit of artist management and a bit of club night promoting. And then I worked a bit for a label or two, but not very long. Mm. Um, not for very long, um, and I, I, I decided that partly because he didn't get paid much money for doing it, but also because I just decided that music is a hobby for me and, and something that I am a fan of, rather than necessarily needing to get in there and see yeah. how the sausage is made, so to speak. So <laughs> I, uh, I uh, yeah, I left fairly swiftly and, and haven't gone back since. But nevertheless, music still is a, is a big part of my life.
1: So, what's your opening track today?
2: Um, the opening track I've chosen is a song by a band called Secret Machines. Who um, I remember when I first heard this record back in would have been what 2004, early 2004, um, not long before I moved to London, and um, I've, I read about it in a, in a newspaper or something, and hmm. I played it uh, for the first time, bought it, played it on CD for the first time in my car, and just remember thinking, wow, this is like music from another planet. It sounds so so big. Um, they would they would call it new prog. I think it's more like a space rock type sound. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, uh, for me, the best song on the record. It's uh, Sadder Than Money. A
1: bit of for you then. Let's have a listen.
0: Did you get your heartache and your head rush confused? Had you been sleeping late?
2: What's the podcast about? Uh, the Football Ramble is a twice-weekly show about um, football, as the name suggests. But it's more of an entertainment show about football than a football show, I would say. Um, and we spend Monday and Thursday either looking back over the weekend or looking forward to the next weekend. Um, all the big talking points, all the, all the sort of fun of the fair, really, and trying to really... Um, dig into the funnier more light-hearted mm. irreverent side of the game because a lot of other shows out there and a lot of other coverage of football is quite serious and we try to, to not be that but at the same mm. time I like to think it has still got a bit of weight about it as well
1: absolutely absolutely and as someone who's listened to it for the best part of a decade I would add to that that I think some of the in-jokes that you develop not just with yourselves but with the people who listen to it are, are one of the attractions that really keep people listening to the ramble I mean it's spawned books and live shows uh we're sitting behind branded mics oh, we've even yes. got uh cushions with pete donaldson's face on them which yeah. i mean there can be no higher pinnacle surely that was <laughs> that was
2: a joke by me that went too far uh, that, that was a joke by me that went 75 pounds too far uh, to get his face put on every cushion in, the, in
1: the studio including postage and packaging uh, i think
2: it might have been yeah Oof. and um, i even ordered two of the same one by accident <laughs> I, I was trying to do it really quickly so they came for the time the studio was opened, which i managed to succeed in yes. doing um but yeah so everywhere you go you sit on a cushion with Pete's face on it which he secretly absolutely loves Mm. although pretends that it's a bit embarrassing
1: (laughs) but can you you could never have imagined what it would become when you set out presumably
2: when we set out no I wouldn't Mm. have thought so I think when we set out we just wanted um to to chat football as as a group of friends and, and have an excuse to do so um but as things progressed, then I suppose you know it's not um it's not like one day you're doing it at home with your pals and the next day you've got your own studio yeah and branded mics and a live <laughs> show it's, it, it takes time <laughs> of course and it goes in stages and it's the same with anything it's like you know your own career you don't go from being a work experience to the CEO mm. in a day you, you work through it it's been very much a process yeah so um, I think we've had time over the years to get used to each next step mm. so it doesn't feel quite so odd as perhaps some people might think it would um, so it's yeah it, it, it is what it is and we enjoy doing it
1: No, it's fantastic. Uh, So can you give us your next track?
2: Yes, my next track is... um, So I'm a big fan of pop music as well, and pop music for its own sake. I don't think pop music is anything to be scared of or to be derided or to be worried about not looking cool enough to listen to it. I think if you like it, you should just like it. And when I was growing up listening to records uh, with my parents and listening to cassette tapes in my mum's car, we listened to a lot of stuff like uh, Madonna and other bits and pieces of classic sort of 80s mm. and 90s pop and um i think this song i've chosen here now is probably the best pop straight pop song of the 21st century in my opinion mm. by again in my opinion the finest pop artist working in the world today and it's call me maybe by carly ray jepson you took your time with the call i took no time with the fall you
0: gave me no
1: Charlie Ray, there, uh, Luke. What is it about that song that you particularly
2: love? Um, I think it's it's just perfectly catchy, perfectly simple. Um, <clears throat> not too, uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. The video is is fun as well. So I think this is perfect sort of sweet spot in pop music where you don't take yourself too seriously, but and and so then so the, the lyrics reflect that. You don't get into too sort of deep heavy meaningful stuff mm. for example I, I like quite a lot of different boy band songs but i don't really like it when they slow it down mm. and sit on the stools so and start doing the really earnest stools. stuff i just like the upbeat stuff keep it upbeat <laughs> and i think as long as it does that you've, it's got a good chance of being of being successful and and there's nothing about that song you could add to or take away that that would make it any better it's just a perfect pop song three minutes almost it's just over three minutes yeah. perfect length um and yeah just ridiculously catchy I, I, i've listened to it so many times i've never once got bored of it
1: and so you're a man who likes to study formations is there a, a boy band that you think you could have slotted into now some, you're someone who could be so, subbed out in favor of them
2: more? My, si- <laughs> my, my, my simple answer to that is i reckon i could have slotted into any of them yeah but everyone else probably says none of them <laughs> that would be versatile <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah. the
1: james milner
2: of yeah, pop bands, but not yeah. in anyone else's opinion
1: yeah, yeah. As long as you can don a white suit and and you know stand up from that stool when when required. That's very you know, that's yeah. very
2: nineties early two thousands, isn't it? It's it all is, about it's all it about the, uh, the the tattoos now and the yeah. hoodies and stuff.
1: Very good point. I so, say yeah, pitch yourself a modern, a modern yeah. Concert. But then okay. I am
2: almost thirty eight, so probably not going to work. A bit, <laughs> bit more tragic than than ever.
1: <laughs> so uh, away from the pop, what would you sort of see as your like the core genres that you loved growing up? Did, you know, everyone gets pigeonholed in in this country, but was there? one that you you found yourself taking something? um
2: yeah I think it's the usual thing really as a kid growing up in a small town I think I got into metal quite early mm. um I, I really used to love uh, Metallica and Guns N' Roses which I suppose is like a really safe version of, of metal or, or classic rock I suppose yeah in Guns N' Roses case so I really like that because uh, it, it felt dangerous it felt mm. a little bit naughty um as pathetic as that sounds now but that's what you like <laughs> when you're a kid and so i like that i also liked um i quite like it weirdly enough i sort of quite liked um well no, it's not weird because because my parents would have exposed me to it i quite like stuff like david bowie i was, I was really into yeah. david bowie as a young kid mm. um but then i also quite liked like pop hip-hop like um vanilla ice and yeah. uh Chris Cross and that kind of stuff so mm. it's a bit of a mix really a bit of an amalgamation but i was really into music from quite a young age i remember spending quite a lot of my pocket money and then when i hit sort of 16 saturday job money on yeah. records on well cds it would have been um where did you get them there was a there was an hour price in gospel high street uh, which is not there anymore uh, and there was also a shop called reflex Records, which is like an independent record store where you could mm-hmm. get stuff like when i moved I and mean, i got a bit older I started to like stuff like Nirvana, mm. and then um, Pearl Jam, and then even sort of the more sort of Nirvana light stuff like Silverchair. I liked all that kind yeah, of stuff I as did, well. Yeah, yeah. And so you could go to Reflex Records, and you could, they would stock that type of stuff. Yeah, because of course there was no internet or anything then. So uh, that was that was how it was, that was how it sort of went. And and back in those days, you could really sort of I feel like you could identify what type of music someone liked by how they dressed. And so me and my friends were all really into. Grunge type stuff around yes. that sort you of had time. The, you had the hoodies, or? hoodie and, and the big baggy trousers, oh, yeah. and I used to borrow my dad's short sleeve shirts and naturally. wear those as well. Yeah, naturally. Well, that would have made you cooler. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think there were. It was many things I was, Alex, but cool was certainly not one. And <laughs> so, what's your next song? Uh, my next song. I'm taking it all the way back to the start. Now, I, I did. Um, I did sort of um, sort of ruminate over this list for quite a long time. It's really hard to get just eight songs. And um, I wanted to be as sort of of representative of the music I like as possible. But of course, it's really difficult because there's so so many different types of music I like, and I I listen to music every day, as I'm sure you do. So, um, but what? So what I thought I'd do. I I really about ten years ago, I started to really get into um, early blues music, sort of Delta blues, purely because I suppose it's that thing where I don't know if you're a film fan. You you watch a movie you like, and you find that the director's influenced by another director, so you start watching his film. Yeah. And you go all the way back, yeah. and now I've never done that really because I'm not a massive film bu- film buff or anything. But with music, I, I got I was really into the White Stripes when they first came out. Yeah, around two for me it was around when I first listened to them was around 2001 ish mm. uh, when I was at university, and he did, and and the White Stripes on their record Distill, did a, a song called death letter which is a cover of a sun house song yes um and um that's got me into things like sun house and robert johnson and all those type of type yeah. of um type of um of artists and um i've picked up a load of records over the years uh, since they've been reissued like sounds of the south and yeah. stuff by people like sid Hempel and that kind of stuff and blues early blues, blues music is a real um is a real passion of mine and I read a book not so long ago called "The Man Who Recorded the World" about mm. Alan Lomax, yes. who uh, discovered all these blues musicians and folk musicians working in the field in the sort of thirties-ish, thirties 30s and forties in in the US. Um, and so I really wanted to get a song that represented that part of music that I really like. So I've gone for Sunhouse's version, which I think was put out in about this version was put out in about mid sixties, uh, and it's uh, Death Letter Blues.
0: this morning I said now how do y'all ring it red they said hurry hurry cause that gal you love me you know I grabbed up my suitcase and took out down the road when I got down she was laying on the cooling board I grabbed up my suitcase, I
1: swear "I took out down the road." Yeah, did the same thing as you. Actually, I, I got into that particular song through the White Stripes, and yeah. back
2: to him through that. Well, Jack White's been great for that. He, he's yeah. really, he's really a man of, of, of many faults. I'm sure most people would say, but he's pretty good at sort of wearing his influences on his sleeve to the point where he's quite. Um, in in awe of them, and he's quite sort of deferential to them, and he, yes. and he lets people makes it clear that that's the sort of stuff he likes, and that's where it comes from. And so, that's really helpful for a listener, right? Because then you can go back and find the stuff that you liked, that that you like, that's relevant yeah. to the stuff that you like now.
1: Mm, absolutely. Uh, so we talked about uh, your your love of music. And, and football, but what about your... I don't know if you would count this as your first love, but Pompey, Portsmouth, oh, yeah. Yeah. your team. Um, yeah. I often think with Portsmouth in particular, maybe because I think about them with your show in mind, but it's it's almost like one of those questions that you get asked where it said, if you, we could give you the FA Cup, hmm. but you're going to have to suffer at least 10 yeah. years of, of absolute turmoil. So they, they won the FA Cup in 2008, yeah. and then the club basically imploded not that long afterwards. Yeah. Uh, do you think you would have taken it if you were offered it in the early 2000s?
2: It's a really difficult question to answer because from a pure football fan point of view, of course, I enjoyed that FA Cup win immensely. And it's something that has got great memories for me. I mean, mm. it's been just over 10 years ago and mm. I had great experiences around it. and It's not something I would change. But however, I do also understand that the football club I support came very close to being non-existent. And there were a lot of local businesses and a lot of things that happened around that where they set up a, a deal with the revenue and with, with their creditors and stuff that meant that a lot of people lost out, including mm-hmm. some charities. So it, my contempt is really for the people who made those decisions in the first place. But from a pure footballing point of view, would I, I mean, if you just take it on the pitch, would I take yeah. an FA Cup win to then end up in League Two a few years later? I think I probably would. Yeah. Um, but I don't obviously advocate or support or condone any of the stuff that went on off the pitch because it left a lot of people out of pocket and was frankly embarrassing so Mm. it's hard to it's hard to separate those things i think Mm. Uh, and these days football fans are required to um, have an opinion or have a sort of moral standpoint on the owner of their club and and how it's run and and when i was young that was never the case you never Mm. really got involved you just you just watch the team and like the players. Now I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, and that it's you know we're all going to hell in a handcuff. But I'm just saying it's, it's a difficult thing when pe- you're put in that position as a fan because you yeah. still want to continue to support the team, mm. but at the same time you can have an issue with the way that it's run. And I feel like I'm caught between the two stools a bit there. Really,
1: I can imagine that, and, and you're so right that people feel like they need to have an opinion on that side of it when, yeah. you, you know, after all, football is a leisure pursuit for most people and, yeah. you know, it's an outlet, so you don't yeah. necessarily need that. Uh, what about just on the pitch, what are your
2: happiest memories of, of watching Pompey over the years? Um, well, of course, the FA Cup final win, but for me, it's, football is a, it's a leisure pursuit and it is a, a pastime and a form of entertainment. And I think when I think about the best times watching Portsmouth, it doesn't necessarily tally up with them being the best team I mean, it, it's when you know i was at sixth form college or whatever and living down there still and we used to go to every home game as a yeah. bunch of friends and they would largely be terrible but you used to enjoy it anyway and do you then... know the bloke with the cowbell i don't know him no i've obviously <laughs> the other celebrity portsmouth fan. <laughs> <laughs> see that's got to stop people can't say that one i'm not a celebrity and two i don't want to be in that category uh, but i have obviously i have obviously rubbed shoulders with him inadvertently at the occasional <laughs> game because that's just unfortunate how, how it is. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't equate enjoyment of watching my team with them being brilliant. I'd mm. like to see them win, but to me yeah. it's about the experience and the camaraderie. And now I've actually really enjoyed taking um, my wife to to Pompey Games. Yeah. She'd never been before, because why would she? Um, and it's a nice time for us to... She, she enjoys watching football games, so it's nice for us to spend some time together and go and do that. So, yeah. in a way, it's almost like a... Uh, a family member that's always there. You can go and visit and all that kind of stuff. But because I'm up in London now, I don't get to see them as much as I used to. Mm. Um, but I suppose it's almost like an abstract question to answer because it's just part of it, isn't it? I mean, you, yeah. you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. You would have great experiences of, of supporting Shepherd Wednesday. Now, I'm sure some of them would be about them being successful yeah. right when they won the League Cup and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. some of them would just be great experiences with your friends, right?
1: Yeah, last 20 years, not not so much no. the on-the-pitch on the action, but what I remember. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. No, it has been some
2: incredible times. Mm. Uh, so tell us about your next song then, Luke. Uh, the next song is... Um, by a band called the Beta Band, who are, for me, one of the best British bands ever. They're just so so innovative, so interesting, so clever, but also never losing sight of that pop sensibility either. Mm. I think a lot of bands who get too clever try and sort of stay away from melody and think, oh, it's it's too easy or it's too sort of basic to be poppy and to be fun and to be catchy. And I think the Beta Band achieve a balance of being able to be really actually quite deep and quite affecting, and and it's heavy-duty songwriting, in my opinion. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also really accessible and really good, and, and if we're doing this Desert Island thing, or Desert Isolation, as you mm. have to call it. Yeah, fully, you're isolated fully, fully, in the desert. Fully, oh, Desert Isolation, okay. Yeah, well, no. I'll be dead in 10 minutes, because <laughs> I'll get, I get sunburned very quickly. <laughs> but uh, pre- pre- presumably I could find some sort of shelter. Mm. Um, I, I chose this song. It's Dr. Baker. But it's, the, it's the Live at the Shepherd's Bush Empire uh, version purely because they completely reinvent the song and it gives it a really fresh flavour and I also thought to myself if I'm going to be isolated somewhere I'd quite like to hear a crowd and some voices and some and some real actual instinctive impromptu like energy so um, that's why I Never. chose this version and this is uh, The Beast Band with Dr. Baker live at Shepherds Bush Empire <laughs> Dr. Baker for me in the morning he Left to know he's still
3: yawning Dr. Baker for me to know she could make it How did she ever take a listen outside his head Don't you pray me in the morning He couldn't understand He was a busy man Tried to reach him again Just To plead with him Please come, please come, please come Please come, please come, please come, please come.
1: was the beta band live at shepherds bush empire and i was just thinking that that album the three eps that was obviously brought together on which dr bacon dry the rain which is one of my uh favorites probably number nine in the list if i was doing this yeah um that it feels a bit underrated when you look back at musical history it's It's really interesting going
2: if you look back at some interviews back in the 90s of really Mm. big bands like oasis and radiohead and and one or two others Mm. There's there's instances where they say, "Oh, our next record, we want to make a beta band record. We want to make a record at like the beta band. They're almost like your favourite band's favourite band. But yeah. They never really crossed over and became massively commercially successful. And I only really got into them properly, probably about ten years ago. Mm. And I think that they're they probably split up by then. So it was long yeah. long time after their their peak period. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for that, I think. And I wouldn't want to speak on behalf of them, obviously, but they had issues with mental health and with." Mm. Um, uh, lots of other sort of situations that went on around around the group, and, and and so in a way, it's almost it feels like it's it's a it's a a, 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 a sort of a group of music put together that exists in one particular time. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd love them to reform, so I go and see him. But well,
1: Steve Mason himself, the lead singer. So I've seen Steve been, Mason live, and he's very innovative now with yeah. some hip hop crossovers. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's when still I saw him live, of though, lots I was of ideas. Like,
2: oh definitely. when I saw him live, he actually played um, uh, a few beat band songs. Yeah. So um, he's obviously in, you know, he obviously still likes it and everything. And I, I really enjoyed yeah. that um, solo record he put out called Boys Outside. Yes, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they're a they're a fantastically innovative band and one of the most underrated British bands ever, in my opinion. And I, I just never get bored of listening to them. I find them. They have a huge amount of different influences from different types of music. I mean, mm. a lot of the beta band stuff. It is quite hip hop influenced as yeah. well. It's quite dubby in places. It's got mm. a lot of different sort of, uh, sort of strings to its bow. So, um, and that's not necessarily my favourite of their song. I just mm. thought it was an interesting version of a song that I really like.
1: Definitely. But uh, well, he is uh, responsible for one of the worst band names ever, which was King Biscuit Time. Yeah, I never really think. got into them. Yeah, I don't know why he called them that. No. They had some decent songs. <laughs> did they? Okay, I've yeah, never really they? heard them. But yeah. uh, just a little note then. You mentioned your wife there, Mimi. Uh, yeah. you, you guys uh, are known for something. Well, th- you particularly hashtag travel. You, oh, right, you have yeah. a good. You have a good relationship with your listeners. Well, that's her level. fault. <laughs> that, that, is that down to her influence?
2: <laughs> yes. Well, no. She, well, basically, we. She's from the US, so we do a bit of traveling back and forward. And at that point, we weren't living together. She was living in the US, and I was living here. Mm. And. Um, I used to get bored of Instagram or whatever. And, yeah. And then and, and I would... But I'd take photos and she would, like, oh, yeah, I'll upload them for you. And she would always put hashtag travel in there. So then I started putting hashtag travel in there yeah. because I guess it means that people will see your photos. Sure. I don't really... To be honest, I don't really know why I did it because I don't really use hashtags now unless I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the Football Ramble listeners, in all their uh, infinite wisdom, yeah. thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I can't really do anything online without mm. someone replying with hashtag travel mm-hmm. if i go we do a live show yeah i get people literally saying it to me which yeah they, I, I, I'm, I'm the only person <laughs> must have people actually saying hashtags to me so uh so yeah it's backfired yeah it's mostly her fault but i'll take it on the chin i suppose
1: just tell us about those live shows then because as a sort of specky white football fan uh, i didn't feel in the minority at uh, the few live Ooh. shows that i've been to the football well how are those experiences for you i mean you, you filled up some incredible venues
2: and you yeah. must have Oh, they're time. amazing yeah it's a great privilege and it's mm. enjoyable and it's, it's a real buzz like an instant buzz that you don't get with um yeah with with a podcast so of course yeah it's great and mm. uh yeah they are very male affairs as i suppose <laughs> you'd, you'd expect but of course we we don't plan it that way we no. we we want it to be as inclusive and as, and, as, and as interesting for as many people as possible so yeah i would say that it's a really nice atmosphere i think and yes. hopefully you'd agree and, and if anyone is um not male and wants to come. You're also very welcome. <laughs> uh but it's great, it's fantastic. And and do you know what? Um Doc Brown, um who is a comedian and actor, Ben Smith, Ben Baddy Smith, he's a good friend. He had the idea and yeah. basically produced the the first live tour we did. Yeah. We went to did one in London, or well, did a couple in London, I think actually, and did um something Edinburgh, Manchester and, and one or two others, and so and then it sort of went from there and now we produced them ourselves. And we're hoping to announce some more shows, actually, for some big shows, hopefully next year. So it's a great aspect of, of the job, and we really enjoy doing it, all of us, I think. And, yeah. And it, it's great because, it, you know, we always try and keep it like inclusive. So we'll always go to the bar after. We'll always yeah. make it interactive. We'll always get people out the audience. We're trying to take it beyond just four blokes sat behind a table talking about football. Because I think, really, that ain't, for me, that's not good enough. If you, if you want to mm. charge people 20 quid to come and see you, whatever we charge. Yeah. It's got to be more than that you can't you can't just do that i I don't agree with other podcasts doing it, and so we don't want to do it ourselves. so we've tried to turn it into at least the start or the makings of a proper theater show with no experience or skills <laughs> so hopefully we we're, we're, we're feeling our way through it and we've got there's more to come so um there's something to look out for but to answer your question in short it's a it's a great thing. No, it's to your credit they they're great shows. um and so what about your next song then um I'm going for another Scottish band mm. One of my favourite bands ever. and when I was putting this list together, obviously, band artists have to miss out. So I've tried to, as I said earlier, try to be representative of different types of music I like. This is one of my favourite bands. I'm going to see them again in November. I've seen them before. Another really underrated band from that 90s era, and it's a teenage fan club, and the song is December.
1: was teenage fan club a uh, great song that one luke uh what was it particularly that made you pick that
2: one um it was difficult to pick a song <laughs> it's just impossible and and i couldn't pick a single one i could have picked anything from this is like bandwagon-esque obviously the one of their early records and um there about four of those i could have picked i could have picked baby lee which is a later song which my wife and i had at our wedding um i could have picked anything from grand prix which is probably my favorite of their records but ultimately you've only got one song so i just i, I literally just thought right which song do I want to hear right now in this moment? And I picked that one because it's catchy and and I love it. And so that was it. It it doesn't say it's not my favourite of their songs necessarily, but when it comes to music, I'm someone who goes through phases. I'll go Sometimes I'll think, oh, do you know what? You know, the beta band are the best band ever. And i just listen to them for a week solid. And then sometimes I'll I'll not want to listen to them for a couple of months. I I find it very hard. So this is eight songs of how I feel now. If we did it in a couple of weeks, it'd be different. So there's no real method behind that madness. I just love teenage fan club and I want them to be represented in in this.
1: So you're not the OCD type that is always making lists of that kind of thing?
2: Well, I've got a a group of friends, uh, five or six of us are all music fans and we we try and stay together and see each other as much as possible because when you're a a guy in his 30s and you get married and people start having families, Mm. I think as a man particularly, you can become quite isolated. So we've made a real conscious effort to stay in touch and we go to quite a lot of shows. And um, we've got a WhatsApp group and some other stuff going on there. And they're really dear friends to me. And it's actually a really important part of my life because, as you know, you've got you know, a couple of kids yourself. You can yeah. go through ages not seeing people. You've really got to make an effort. Yeah. And so we do sometimes do things to keep ourselves um, uh, in contact. So we'll make up lists of our favorite artists. We did like a Eurovision type thing <laughs> where we had like a short list of 20 artists. and We had yeah. to give them all points individually. And then we unveiled it. <laughs> and um and did like a list that way. So some sometimes, but I don't I don't uh, sit there writing lists myself. No, I'm too busy. Can you remember who came out on top? I think it was the Velvet Underground, but no. I didn't have them as my number one. Okay, I had the Rolling Stones as my number one, mm-hmm. who aren't on this list.
1: Because uh, I noticed on your uh, Luke and Pete show, uh, yeah. which we'll go on to. But um, you were talking today about the heritage or, or the the show that's gone out today. You were talking about the heritage of Mick Jagger and his kids, yes. and his great grandkids. So they're, they're a big band for you. you yeah, I like I
2: like the Rolling Stones and I mm-hmm. like what they. Re- not necessarily like what they represent now, but mm. I think if I could have been, if I could transport myself back to any era, mm. I'd probably go back and hopefully sit in on the XL and Main Street recording sessions. That may be my choice. I love that record. I think they're an amazing band. Um, and Mick Jagger has a son who is younger than his great granddaughter, which is an amazing stat. Amazing bit of trivia. And that's what we are talking about on that show. But yeah, I love the Stones. Uh, they haven't made it into this list, but if we if I had my way we did about 500 songs them, so <laughs> we have to keep it we have to keep it light
1: <laughs> so i mentioned Luke and Pete there and uh, you've got various podcasts that you're working
2: on under the it's radio stakhanov is, yes, right. is your right.
1: can you tell us a little bit more about that
2: yes it's radio stakhanov is a network of podcasts uh where we decided that we were quite um not hemmed in or sort of restricted because that sounds negative, and we're obviously very grateful to be doing the football ramble and on the continent. But we're only really making football shows. Mm. The Luke and Pete show came out summer before last because we had no football. And then we just thought, hang on a minute, let's build it into a network. We've got loads of ideas. And so, mm. me, myself, Pete, and John, who's the guy who runs the ramble with us, decided to branch out and do um, a network of podcasts. Yeah, hence, um, we have a show called Birkhamsted Revisited, which I have, have helped to create and produce. About a girl reading back through her teenage diaries, um, and then we have it's very good. Yeah, very it's, good. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's great. And I we know. have. Um, no, I would say that wouldn't I? And mm. we have. Pete does a show called Wrestle Me with Mark Haynes where they go back yeah. watching every WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, it's just a way to, to get to branch out. To have, if you've got an idea, mm. it would be a shame if we think it's a good idea or there's some good people who want to do it. Where you think, oh, we can't do that because it's not a football show, or you know, there's this reason to not do it. Now you can think of a thousand reasons mm. not to do anything. So we just thought we'd branch out and do it that way
1: and um you know i think podcasting as a medium shows the the strength of ideas that people have i mean your your friend of mine a friend of the show tom wally yeah uh, does a cycling podcast with yeah. uh, playing old cycling games yeah
2: uh, in his in his shed in the back garden I think... tom's uh tom's very good and i have repeatedly asked him to come and do some stuff with us mm-hmm. but he he can't pin him down for more than five minutes so it's impossible i
1: mean you need to uh, all you need to get tom is is a bike that, yeah. that's how you that's how you get him in the he room, also lives in the <laughs> arse end of nowhere so yes he does he does
2: yeah. uh so what's your next song my well, next song is i mentioned david bowie earlier uh i was introduced to him by my dear old mum who um is a david bowie uh, devotee and uh, it was difficult to pick a song because obviously mm. it's david bowie and he's got so many he's genuinely one of my favorite artists uh, i can always find something of his to listen to which, that i like in whatever mm. mood i'm in and I went for the Diamond Dogs era because I sort of – maybe it's because I'm feeling quite apocalyptic because of everything that's happening in the world at the moment, but obviously it's based on Orwell's 1984, and it's quite dystopian in its feel. Mm-hmm. And um, Sweet Thing is, is my favourite song on the record. It goes into a song called Candidate, and then goes back into Sweet Thing, and then it goes straight into Rebel Rebel. But I thought it would be yeah. greedy to have four songs in one, and you wouldn't let me have it. So no. I've gone for Sweet Thing. Uh, because it's my favourite standalone song on the record. So here it is.
0: Older than me Makes me feel Important and free Does that make you smile?
1: That was The Glorious David Bowie. I'm glad you didn't try and sneak a montage under the net there. Well,
2: <laughs> it would have been good. I mean, really, that's an album. It's a bit of a weird pick, I suppose, on one level because that's a record you've got to listen to start to finish. It's like a whole work, you know. Yeah. Um, but that sounds pretentious, so I just picked a song out. I could have picked one of the 50, as I'm sure people listening will empathise with because I'm sure they are, they are fans as well. You... He's, the, he's the only sort of famous person I've ever been really upset about when he died. Yeah. I, 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 I'll quite detached. I don't really th- feel like I feel grief or emotion about people I don't know, mm. but Bowie, it was just, it was awful. It's really, I can't really explain why. Possibly because I spent formative years listening to it with my mother or something like that. Yeah. It was really, really difficult.
1: No, I completely agree. And, you know, someone, uh, I work at a newspaper at the Evening Standard, and uh, we're, we're pretty neutral when it comes to a lot of these things. You know, it's, it's, it's work after all. Yeah. Uh, when someone dies, you know, it's, it's how quickly can we turn around the front page. But, yeah. you know, I still remember the, the ripple that went through the newsroom at, you know, 6.30 a.m. in the morning, which yeah. was when it was announced. Uh, and it's it's rare that you see so many people from different generations affected by it.
2: Yeah, he's actually. an absolute national treasure. Like, yeah. uh, if someone said to me it's the best British artist of all time in any genre, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that. Mm. But, I, but I am upset that he's dead. And your next pick is a, a, another giant of uh, of music, isn't it? See, this was a bit of a trick because I, I couldn't fit all the ones I wanted in. So I've got <laughs> Jimi Hendrix doing a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, so I can Get two birds with one very stone. Clever. Uh, this is, I mean, this is, I mean. If you put a playlist together on Spotify like people do these days and you don't really listen to albums from start to finish, Mm. if you stick Jimi Hendrix doing Bob Dylan's Locker Round the Stone live at Monterey in 68, maybe, um, it sounds about three levels above any other song that comes before it or any song that comes after it. It's amazing how good it sounds, uh, even now. Um, I love Bob Dylan, obviously, uh, and I love Jimi Hendrix, and I thought I'm not spending two songs out of eight on those two, <laughs> so I amalgamated them. But genuinely, this is one of my favourite live records ever. The whole album's brilliant. Um, there's about three or four live albums that'll be my favourites, and this is definitely in But it's Jimi brother, Hendrix doing "Life of a Stone" by Bob Dylan live at the Monterey Pop. Thank you very much. Luke,
1: can you give us a bit of a prelude to any more future uh, projects that you've got working on?
2: Um... Well, I told you we might have some live stuff in the pipeline for the Ramble. We're anticipating a big season, football season for the football Ramble this year, hopefully. Mm. We, had a nice, we had a lot of fun at the World Cup and so we want to keep up that momentum. Mm. Um, I don't have anything concrete in the pipeline in terms of new shows because I'm mm. too busy as it is. We need to yeah. hire some more people first. Where, uh, do
1: you, where do you see, just talking about the Ramble, I mean, do you, what, what do you see your role as? Do you, do you feel like each of the four of you as we sit around your mics have a distinct role in the show? what do you think you listen to it
2: well i i oh, I, I would obviously say yes i've got the best role <laughs> what do you tell me
1: no but i think you you know you were talking about making it serious sometimes i i, I do think that you often bring the analysis to the show uh, you know when when the the banter is at a certain level it, it feels like you've made a concrete uh effort to to sort of do that and to to drill down into certain topics is yeah that
2: it's probably because i take myself m- the most seriously yeah, I yeah. but, but um we try and make it an entertainment show about football, as I said. So, if mm. you want to do that, mm. it's got to be entertaining, and it's got to be about football. Yeah, you have to have a foot in each camp. Mm. And I think if you go too far off the beaten off the beaten track, mm. it's not going to be a great show. It's going to be self indulgent. It's going to be listen to how funny we are. Yeah. And if you go too serious, it's going to sound like every other football show, mm. which I personally find a lot of them quite boring. So, and since you started, there are far, far more of them than yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. And so you want to have a foot in each camp. Mm. So, and I, I do. I don't know. I, I do a bit, a bit of radio and a bit of TV, punditing about football in a semi-serious way, at least. So mm. I don't know. Maybe I feel like it's not. It's not. Like I feel like I'm the best at it. It's just that mm. I feel like I want to. Sometimes I do want to talk about football. I, mean, I do like football. So if it's something's you know, caught my eye or something I've enjoyed watching or something I've noticed, mm. I'll tend to bring it to the table. And um, the guys, the guys are all football fans as well. So it's not a. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not a departure. It's just that I probably. Like the sound of my own voice more than all the others I expect. <laughs> But
1: is it is it tricky when you're if you're on uh, say Talk Sport or World Football Phone In or uh, on TV and you know someone like a Craig Brown that you've yeah. had fun with on the show appears, yeah. uh, you know, or, or you're uh, talking about a subject that's been funny on the show and you've got to find a different tone of voice
2: to. Uh, I, wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It does flash across my mind, and sometimes <laughs> I'll say. So I do a show on Friday nights called the Season Ticket with Danny Kelly and Laura Wood. Yes. Uh, and Danny's a legend of broadcasting. And, he's, and he was doing the stuff I'm doing years before, you know, I was even thinking about it. So, you know, mm. he, he knows all that stuff. You've material. I yeah. basically have, yeah. yeah. I've, I've taken it on. Some people would say I've taken it on another level, but the level is just lower. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, so it's not though. Like all the other gigs I do I have to be deadly serious. I, I think that stuff's overrated and overplayed. You can have yeah. fun. I think you can have as much fun as you want doing it mm. within the time limit you're given. Mm. I think it's a bit of a myth that you can't have a bit of fun with stuff. I mean, talk, that talk sport show, I, I, we have fun the whole three hours, really. Mm. There's nothing really that serious, isn't it? No. It's not usually difference in tone. There's no difference in tone from the Ramble, really. Mm. Um, but I think that the type of people who are hired on the radio and TV, more often than not about football, are ex-pros who are quite serious. I mean, yeah. And so they are either brilliant at analysis or they're not. But not many of them are particularly irreverent or fun and the ones who are and who are good at it stand out someone like ian Wright, for example yeah. he's great he doesn't take himself too serious i've worked with him a number of times he's fantastic knows his stuff mm. but he's also a really entertaining guy i think yeah. so that people like that are, are out there um it's just that the way that people are booked and the way shows go um are, aren't necessarily going down that route but some of the stuff i do is quite serious and, and yeah. so you can't really you can't really do it
1: so one word uh in part of that then the Stradamus. And your penalty algorithm, the, yeah. your, the idea that you could see into the future. How, how far do you want to push that? As far as I can. As far <laughs> as I can. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to make some calls? Next World Cup winner, for example?
2: Next World Cup winner at this point. So we're recording for the record in September 2018. Mm. I should have a copy of those paper with Mission nice yep. to prove it. Yep. Um, the next World <laughs> Cup winner, there's going to be 48 teams in there. I'm Not necessarily. not necessarily. No, no. But it's going to be a Qatar yep. and it's going to be in the winter. Um, I think the next winner of the World Cup is going to be Brazil. Okay, big shout! <laughs> Our next two hundred million pound player. That's a good question. I think the next two hundred million pound player could well be um, Mbappe again.
1: Yeah, to 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 transfer yet again. Yeah, to one of the major leagues. Oh, on... I'm not... Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'd like that wouldn't you uh, we need a music one then uh, yeah. I don't know next uh, rock and roll star to cop it
2: uh, oh, I can't say that no. That's, 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 <laughs> that's unfair. I'm not going down that road
1: <laughs> too dark uh, okay uh, the next one to uh, hit number one for a huge selling the album the next big artist I don't yeah. know I,
2: I'm not really that into. <laughs> I'm not really that um, clued up on it I wouldn't even
1: better give you an answer. Morsh doesn't extend to music. No, this one I never claimed he did. <laughs> uh, what's your, uh, is this your final track? For yes, today?
2: it is. Um, this final track is a, a song. Again, the reason I chose this song is it's the first song by this band I heard. And it just seemed like quite an easy way, easy way of picking one because I could have picked loads. Mm. Um, it's by a band called Japan Droids who are, for me, the best band of the 21st century. They're a band for the first time, I think, since Nirvana where I thought, wow, this band actually mean it. And I've seen them live a number of times. Really always enjoy always really enjoyed their stuff. It's just two of them, but they make a hell of a racket. Again, another example, and if there's one thing that goes through the, the music I've chosen, it's that melody is an amazing thing and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be arch or music shouldn't be um complicated for complicated sake. Mm. Um, and so uh and Japan was very much fit into that drummer and a singer and a guitarist or the, uh, a guitarist singer so there's two of them in total mm. in fact they both sing to be fair so there's two of them doing a whole lot of stuff at the same time <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, it sounds brilliant and this is a uh, young heart spot spot <laughs>
1: Was the Japan Droids uh, Luke? This has been fantastic listening to your picks. If I absolutely twisted your arm, could you pick one to sit with under the desert, uh, under the tree? I yeah. guess uh, to protect your fair skin.
2: Yeah, I think and listen to. And that's to go with Jimmy Hendrix and like a Ron Stone. But
1: so you still got two. two yeah, two exactly artists. Two artists. <laughs> I do
2: find that Japan droid song really affecting even now. I mean, I think I probably first heard it almost ten years ago, but I still find it really deeply affecting now just the imagery it conjures up and the and the emotion attached to it because that's what we do don't we? we attach emotions to songs and that's why they're so deep for us but mm. uh or for 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 music fans i suppose but i'll have to go with jimmy and like a rolling stone people because i don't think it can be it can be bettered in terms of a song mm. or or in a performance of a song so i'll choose that
1: that's great it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and as a fan of Podcasting in general, I think some of the work that you're doing is, is great, and it's it's really fantastic to see. Uh, and hear, and here, and <laughs> here, imagine More you couldn't component. hear it, wouldn't
2: do very well. Uh,
1: yeah, well, you know, you just you've still got your videos, haven't you? you know. Yeah, the less said about that, the
2: better. Face <laughs> for radio, mate. That's me, Luke. Thank you very much. That was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.